Welcome, AfterBusters. You are watching the After Show for When They See Us, Part 2. Stay tuned for more. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Welcome, AfterBuzzers. We are back. Part 2, When They See Us. Oh, we got so much to cover, so many great topics. Of course, we're going to get our news, our predictions, our top three, and our positive moments. Again, I'm your host, Shaka Smith, joined by my lovely co-hosts, AJ, Lexi, and Kitty. And man, we got a lot to talk about. Again, let me just start off with self-care, 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 because this is heavy, it's emotional, it's deep. Um, So great to have it out there, but we also got to make sure we're emotionally taking care of ourselves, because this is some heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, What were your overall takeaways for this episode? (sighs) My takeaways were, first off, it was very emotional. And, you know, it's just, they didn't have any evidence. And you can clearly see that they were lying and they still were found guilty they still found them guilty yeah my overall take on this whole thing is how did that happen yeah. how did they how could justice possibly be served if this is the outcome i mean i just am curious about the jurors and their own peace of mind how do you sleep at night knowing i mean all the evidence that we've seen speaks volumes to their innocence and it just i'm like who are these people yeah. it's disturbing i think the biggest thing for me is this episode and this show just feels like an emotional roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, in this episode alone, felt like, wow, they could possibly beat this case. Like, maybe they're switching it up for this episode because, of course, we know what happened. But I really felt like they had it in the bag just to be dropped on that roller coaster and feel like the whole world had just crashed down. So, definitely was just a huge bottle of different emotions during this episode. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the roller coaster. And then, you know, knowing the outcome, you th- would think the case didn't go their way, but it actually looked like it was going their way. Yeah. Yeah. For a minute there, because yeah. they kept presenting oh. evidence yes. that, that spoke volumes to what the prosecution was not saying, yeah. or what mm-hmm. the, they were alluding to, or whatever the case may be. It was, very, and you know, music plays such a huge role, right? Yeah. So when they play the ominous music, you know it's not looking good. But then they kept playing lighthearted oh. music, <laughs> the hopeful yeah, music, yeah. like you're grasping to straws. We, obviously, as you said, we already know what happened but I mean to watch it you get riveted and you just keep hoping and praying that maybe just maybe something changed and something was different it was a frustrating episode for me the same way where I felt moments of hope but I kind of was like wait I know what actually happened Oh man, it was tough. But um, let's let's Ooh. we had a whole new cast of characters. I thought that were interesting that were introduced to us. Uh, we have five new lawyers. We got Bobby Burns. Uh, we got Mickey Joseph, Colin Moore, Peter Rivera, and Howard Diller. And these are the different lawyers for uh, the different defendants. And what I thought was interesting with the different strategies we saw, and we saw mm. Mickey Joseph really come in there. What do you guys think about the different attorneys, and particularly Mickey Joseph? I'll go ahead and ask you, Lexi. What do you think about Mickey Joseph? And he really seemed to get it. He was the attorney that seemed to really get it. That was Antron's lawyer, right? Yeah. Yeah, so. he was the one, and I remember thinking through the episode, he needs to just represent everybody. <laughs> right. Yes. Because he seemed like he had the best handle on it, really understood it. And, I mean, he knew the prosecutor, and, yeah. you know, he was able to get that deal for them. So it seemed like he should have been the one to handle anything. So it's interesting to see how everybody could just decided to go with their own person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I definitely think he had a handle on things. I was thinking the very same thing. I wish he could just speak for everybody because obviously some of them are more prepared than others. And I think it speaks volumes to what they were capable of, they being the parents. Yeah. The families are able to afford this guy. He's a defo- divorce lawyer. Obviously, this is not his cup of tea or his oh, foray. No, he, he, he wasn't the divorce lawyer. No, no, no. I'm not talking about uh, the one. Wait, what's his name? Well, yeah. Mickey Joseph. He, right, I wasn't talking about Mickey Joseph. Yeah, Bobby I'm talking Burns. About, yeah, he was Bobby Blair Burns. Underwood. Okay, so yeah. Blair Underwood um, being the divorce 
divorce lawyer and then the other guy obviously being a politician and having an ulterior motive for doing this in the first place. So they are starting to kind of come around and show themselves to be a little competent, but they definitely, it spoke volumes to me about what we're able to afford, what we can, you know, because obviously if they could have afforded the best lawyers out there, they would have gotten them. So Mm -hmm. these are probably favors that they're calling in or having some type of rapport with these people. And it breaks my heart because they're not being represented or they weren't being represented in the best light. They they weren't given that opportunity to show and shine. Yeah, yeah um, definitely agree. They were definitely put at a disadvantage from the get go. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, you had. I think uh, Mickey Joseph. He was probably the only lawyer that actually knew what he was talking about and knew his craft. The other ones, they were probably successful in their crafts. But as far as this type of topic and this um, trial. He was definitely the only the one that was knowledgeable, and I agree he should have probably represented all of the boys yeah. if he could. If and, he could, if he could have. And one thing I'll say is, you know, there was that moment where we see Mickey Joseph discover that there was a sock with semen that, and they didn't know. Oh, I love and, that pivotal moment, and that's yeah. a huge thing because you're supposed to turn over that evidence, evidence to the to other the, side, exactly. And they didn't do that, exactly. And if you actually had the money, you could really go after the prosecution and figure out what it is they're hiding, what it is they've done also that's wrong. Exactly. But you don't have the money, you can't yeah. do it. Right. That's what's so tough. What I loved about Bobby Burns now, Blair Underwood's character, mm-hmm. is he really painted a picture. Like he was a divorce lawyer they thought wasn't so great, but when he talked, he painted the picture. Yeah. Which kind of led to a little bit of the public outcry that we saw. Exactly. Because he was almost painting the picture that people were feeling and seeing. Yeah, yeah. he made it very visual. And yeah. I think that's where people most most people learn that way. Most people absorb things that way. If you can see it and you can actually materialize it to yourself, make it tangible, yeah. then it becomes real. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. He did a great job of you're right, painting that picture and letting people see what it actually sh- should look like. Yeah, and this was the first time we saw the public really get involved in the Because right. it really felt very one-sided, the first episode of the police and just, you know, everyone involved in the case. Mm-hmm. What, what did you guys think about the public outcry? Especially, AJ, what did you think about how the public kind of came to the defense and how they were part of this whole narrative? Well, you know, I really do appreciate the public. I feel like whenever there's um, times of injustice, I feel like the black community comes together and we protest and we stick up and we voice our opinions. Um, but, you know, sometimes it seems like that's just as much as we can do because, as you can see, even with evidence or they know their line, it's just so much that you can do. So it really hurt because yeah. just, the, just the feeling of, we know that we're being done wrong too, mm-hmm. but we can't really do anything right. for it. Yeah, that is just hard, just heartbreaking. It really yeah. is because it puts us in such a space yeah. that we don't, we can't achieve anything. We can't prosper. Yeah, yeah. how do we get ahead? Yeah, now? and and we know that you know these things play themselves out publicly, mm-hmm. and of course we had that whole specter of Donald Trump in the public, mm-hmm. set, you know, wanting to bring back the death penalty oh, wait, for these... News and gossip. Yeah, wanting to bring back mm-hmm. the death penalty for, yeah. for these children. And so when we talk about that sort of public outcry in that moment where, you know, they asked the mother mm-hmm. whether or not, you know, about this thing, and it was the first time she'd heard about it. Right. Yeah, what did, what did you think about that, Kitty? I thought it was poignant. I, I thought it was a real pivotal moment and how I love, again, the acting. Big ups to all these actors. They're doing a phenomenal job. I mean, they really stepped up to the plate and, and um, did you know, carried out a, her vision, Ava's vision. So I thought it was super deep that we had that kind of pregnant pause there yeah. where the realization, you could see his wheels turning like, wait a minute, sock. I don't remember hearing about a sock, mm-hmm. you know, and it all came to light. And her, the fact that she's still like indignant yeah. and has the nerve to, to try to 
I don't know, make up for or defend her position when she knows she's dead wrong. It's just, it's so difficult to watch. Everything is so yeah. cringeworthy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this woman has no cut cards. She is going in for the jugular. And we were initially, remember uh, our last show, we yeah, were like, my she's a little on the fence and maybe she'll come around. I and, you know, I knew that she feels badly. You can tell that this isn't really. So, as much mess as she talks to um, Felicity Huffman, yeah. what, whoever, I don't yeah. know her. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but as much mess as she talks to her in terms of doing the right thing and being yeah. um, transparent. When it comes to the, to talking to the prosec- or to the defendant or the lawyers of the defendant, she is not mincing her words at all. Yeah. But you, you know what? I think the detective really got in her head by saying, "This is your moment. Right. This is your time to be seen as this person who's defending this innocent woman who was defenseless and was a victim." Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they had her bring out. The woman who was attacked because mm-hmm. they, she wanted her to really keep in mind, okay, you may feel this certain way about these boys and that they're innocent, but look what happened to this woman. Yeah. Right. And you have to do everything you can to make sure that she's vindicated, no matter if it is locking up five exactly. innocent men. And, so maybe if she didn't have that in her head or in her ear, she wouldn't have gone through with it. And, yeah. and that's what struck me is the prosecutor let her, she almost didn't let up on that feeling that she didn't believe these boys did it. Right. Like she never kind of came full scope, like, let's go for it, but she just found herself going for it regardless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think there was that moment where one of them said it's no longer justice, it's politics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I think that's what we see here. What do you feel about that notion that it's no longer justice, it's politics? You know, that happens a lot in these type of cases where it's like we can't disappoint the public or certain Americans out in the public because let's say the boys dig it off. Then it would be like, oh my gosh, this white woman has gotten raped right. and we can't find her killer. Injustice to this white woman. These black boys, y'all let them off. You know, so like you said, it's politics. Mm-hmm. And thinking back in 1989, mm-hmm. it is politics because it's, it's a lot of similar um, cases um, like that where it's justice. I mean, it's injustice done to black Americans at the you know, the cause of a white American. Right. But they don't really care about who really did as long as white America gets their justice. Exactly. And they just just like you pointed out earlier, if the tables were turned and these were white kids or the and the lady was black, or if these were white kids and it doesn't just even matter. In general, just yeah. in general, they would have seen a whole different mm-hmm. situation have yeah. unfolded. And can I, I'll go ahead. Well, I was going to say at the same time, we did actually find out a little bit more. I think it was Trisha, Patricia Miley. Trisha Miley was the name of the victim. And we got a little bit more victim focus in this episode. And, you know, I, I, we're coming at it because we already know what happens. Mm-hmm. But if you put yourself there and there's this sort of, it seems like there was an issue with a lot of high amount of rapes in the time. I, do you wonder if anything could have been different almost about the way they were approaching this when they're saying we have to find someone quickly, we have to move quickly, and we think it's them. Is there some? Is there a part that they could, a moment on the road they could have paused before they got to trial? Um, could the, could they have paused? It, that was reasonable at the time because you know what? I, I really found that Fairstein really brought up this whole thing. She said, "Wait a minute, we have a victim here who's. I mean, it's honestly brutal, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think." As we're watching it, we forget a little bit about the fact that there is someone who's seeking justice for a legitimate victim. And I wonder, yeah. could they have done it differently if that's the way you're viewing this? No, oh, okay. So. so I was going to so. say this. 
So if you guys remember in this episode towards the end when she said, okay, maybe they didn't do it. Mm -hmm. It could have been somebody else, but they are still a part of it because they watched it. They didn't help her. So it's like, even though they know that they didn't rape them, they still wanted to get the boys for, you know, for anything. watching yeah. anything, for anything. anything and at this point, to it. And at this point, her name is on the line. Yeah. You know what I mean? She was yeah. already going yeah. after it with having some type of, um, she's being, what am I trying to say? She's motivated by her ascent into, you know, in the field she's in. So there's no way she's backing down now. Yeah, yeah. People, I think that's, sorry to cut you off. No, I think fine. that's really what it is as far as it goes to that scene because you're in it now. The trial's already happening. You just got to continue on with what you're mm-hmm. doing. But in the beginning, before they even got to this, I think if they weren't lazy about it and actually took the time to actually find more suspects, look into what she did earlier that day, look more into what happened. Sock. Yeah, look yeah. more into that and With actually the actual took the time DNA to be detectives instead of taking the easy way out and saying, oh, these black boys were in the park at the same time, they must be it, then it would have been a whole different And what about that sock? Like, whose sperm is it? Can well, we find that none out? Of, none of them. But, right, but mm-hmm. whose is it? Why not go after whomever it well, is? Well, so it's a quick poll. Who at this stage believes Fairstein still be- like actually believes they did it? Maybe she doesn't believe she's got the evidence to prove it, but is Fairstein, the detective, does she believe that they actually did it? But- I don't think she ever believed they did it. I was about it. to say, I don't think she I ever I think she's just it. going with the flow. She uh, has to. She, she, now she really has yeah. to. Because well, she's cause already done the easy way out. I kind of think Fairstein believes they did it somehow. You do? Really? Because she's always saying, well, what, you, you think there was a, a brutal beating of these two people and then a brutal rape and they had nothing to do with each other? And she seems mm. to legitimately believe that because that they might have been violent in some other way, even I don't believe that's true, but mm. if you, even if you believe that, she also believes that because of that, they definitely committed this rape. Mm. My overall feeling about this whole situation, and we keep talking about the kids because they are the victims here, yeah. is, and we tend to, I'm glad that they were able to bring the victim into this and, and yeah. humanize her in this episode, but it, it really is a huge scary dichotomy because everybody's there's no winner there's a victim everybody's a victim you know everybody but obviously looking at it through these eyes or these eyes are going to have a certain slant it's like with anything else you know what I mean we dig our heels in because we believe that it's true so listening to uh, somebody else come to us and say maybe shift your paradigm maybe look at this differently maybe you know kind of search out what the truth is as opposed to just blindly believing everybody is on they've already chosen sides but everybody's losing there's no win here even if it's just separate yeah. and, and we, we gotta yeah. dig into we touched on it a little bit we gotta dig into some more on the trial but we do have a live read uh, yeah. by our Lexi yes <laughs> okay guys so before we go on with this heavy heavy topic we just want to give a huge Thank you for tuning in every week and making us the ESPN of TV Talk. We love what we do. We love watching our shows and talking about them with you. But we can't continue to do it without your help. So if you're watching on YouTube, please make sure that you like, comment, and subscribe. If you're listening on iTunes, please make sure to give us a five-star rating. And no matter what, please continue to watch and support because we can't do it without you. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Yes, we love the comments, the five stars, even the constructive criticism. Yes, constructive we're criticism. here for it. Yeah, we are. Um, well, yeah, let's get back into it. The trial. Um, the opening statement. What did you think, AJ, of that? the opening statement and the way they kind of, the dichotomy of the opening statement between the prosecutor and a couple of the, the defendant's attorneys? Okay, the opening statement, which was? Um, when the prosecutor was laying out her, her 
scene of the case, and, you know, the evidence. She was laying out the evidence, and then Mickey Joseph laid out his evidence. Right. Oh, the beginning the of the trial. Yeah. yeah. So, well, first off, I just want to say this about the prosecution, that they were really playing dirty by bringing mm-hmm. the victim out there, yeah. because I watched a lot of court shows, and it was no reason for the victim to come out there, because she didn't remember anything. Exactly. She didn't remember nothing. She had yeah. absolutely no point. They really wanted her to come out there hobble to hobble and yeah, show how you know exactly it's it visual all, once again it's yeah. right it's exactly. all visual right yeah. so they bring her out in an attempt to get sympathy from exactly. the people um, but, but good strategy mm-hmm. if you think they did it though right if you actually yeah, think they did exactly. it it's like a, yeah but they didn't <laughs> <laughs> they sure but they did yeah, they, they did not but, and because at, at mm-hmm. that point they were not losing, but I think people were starting to believe, Question. okay, maybe mm-hmm. they didn't do it because it was right after the sock. So it's like, okay, I got to get this sympathy back and I got to start mm-hmm. making yeah. us look like the victims again so that they can mm-hmm. not rule in know, our favor. Yeah, exactly. So I do. Can we talk about this, the plea deal real mm-hmm. quick yeah, that was on this the table? Part of the trial, yeah. So I listen, see. you know, it was very interesting to me that they was offered a plea deal and they, they refused it, you know, because oftentimes you force them to take it. And they're like, okay, we'll just take the plea deal. But the fact that these boys stood up for what they believed in, because yes. they knew they didn't do it. Exactly. And, you know, it just goes to show what we teach our youth. We teach them to stand up for yourself, to believe in yourself. Don't don't lie. But it was, right. it was too little, too late. Because that should have yes. been yeah, the first. So th- and that was, <laughs> I was just about to ask, do yeah. you think if they would have offered that plea deal after the guy's father was on the stand after it kind of looked like it went downhill, do you still believe that they wouldn't have taken the plea deal? Because I think they would have taken it. I think by the time that they offered it, they were on such a high because they thought that they were winning it Mm -hmm. because of the sock thing and because they hadn't seen the tapes yet and they felt like they really had a chance. I I don't think they would have backed down. I think they would have stood their ground just the same way because the conviction, you can see it in their faces. They're looking around like, how can you even present us with this bullshit? We're We're not doing that. I think they wouldn't have backed down because you have the evidence. So, you know, the DNA is the magic thing. Oh, wait, there's a sock and it matches nobody? Nobody's. So that, to me, is like, when I saw that part of the case, mm-hmm. I really thought, oh, maybe there was a mistrial. Because, mm-hmm. like, there's no way they could have found him guilty at this trial. Mm-hmm. It, it just boggled my mind. So I think they would have taken it. I would have loved to hear, though, the details of the plea Yeah, deal. what exactly? Yeah. Was it yeah. a year was. or was it, like, ten years? You know? Yeah. yeah. That yeah. might have made that a difference. Been, yeah. But even yeah. after when... They showed the tapes and Corey started yelling and everybody was crying. You still think they still would have take, not yeah. taken the plea well, deal? Well, because you still have the DNA evidence, you know. So once your attorney goes in there and says no physical evidence, I just think their integrity level and was. I mean, for them to be such young people, I think that their integrity speaks volumes. They stood their their ground because they knew that they didn't do it. And why yeah. would I say yes to being put in jail now? I've had time to think about that. I've been in jail six months. At least I know months, what yeah. this is. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know what jail looks like and I don't want no parts. And I know I don't deserve to be here so I'm going to fight it tooth and nail. And you know, at this particular time it's like they already have gotten in trouble for lying Mm -hmm. or you know not being honest so at this point it's like no we did not do it I'm standing my ground so I think they probably would have kept because they would have thought oh right is right I think that's the whole thing they were going with right is right they're going to believe us they have no evidence no DNA because at this point, exactly. the compromising only got them to jail. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. so, exactly. So yeah. they're like, why would I agree to anything again. else? Exactly. That's like, Corey yeah. was like, I'm not reading me. that. I'm not saying, no, I'm not doing nothing no more for y'all. And and that, and we do have to talk about that. So Corey, that, that really did seem to break the case, you know, in terms mm. of really hurting them. What did you guys think about Corey going on, going, first of all, should they have even put Corey up? on the stand mm-hmm. to begin with and what did you guys think about how that whole interaction took place 
You know, when he first started talking, Ben and I was educated for about eight years. I can already tell that something wasn't all the way right with yeah. him. And you can tell in his speech. Um, and it just reminded me, sorry to go back, with the Trayvon Martin case and the friend that he had mm-hmm. that put her on stand. She mm-hmm. could barely make a complete sentence. I'm just like, they do this on purpose. Of course. They yeah. do it on purpose. They they pick out who they want. Like, they knew that boy hadn't, hadn't been in school exactly. all month. They yeah. knew just that already. The yeah. just read the, and they she just kept it. repeating, read it. I just told you I can't read. To embarrass him. Exactly. And now for him to, to make him, to him, look him get angry stupid. and show that he can act out of anger. Like, all of this was just tactics for them. Of course. Yeah. I don't like that. And they, plus, they had him in Rikers and had everybody else in juvie. Right. That's messed up. And you, and you would 16. think... Yeah. And what about the dad? That was horrific that they put him up there as well. And I thought that was amazingly mature and um, just very once again poignant for the son to basically check his dad he became the adult in that bathroom scene and and that made for me when I saw the son kind of check his dad that made me go wait a minute they've been in prison they've been in jail he's so, seen the so worst they, of it. they have been they've grown up real quickly mm-hmm. in this amount of time exactly and he and was definitely it. the more mature of the two and at like, the same who time says that? his father didn't even have a viable excuse yeah what struck me was the words he said without the bass in his voice. Yeah. And I'm like, he's still a child, but he's grown up. You yeah. Know? Quite a bit. Because he's had to. He yeah. doesn't have a choice. I, sorry. Oh. I wonder, um, going back to that talk they had in the bathroom before they went on the stand, um, he had mentioned saying that his father was stepping in to be the superhero. So I wonder if it was the dad's idea for him to go on the stand versus the lawyer's idea. Because... I remember watching it thinking, why is he even up there? So is it something where his father was like, put me up there, I think it will help? Or if the lawyer was like, we need to put you mm-hmm. up there? Um, yeah, I mean, That's I, would, a good question. I would have to think it was the lawyer. At that point, that father was so withdrawn. Yeah. He felt so guilty and so home. ashamed. He wasn't trying to be anywhere as around he it. Have. But, but as he should have. But there was, he, I don't know if he could have done any better in that moment for his son. He did Not the in best that moment, yeah, but up yeah. until he then, could he could have made a lot of different choices. Stayed in the audience. No. But not... Re- I mean, for me, it, it, it seems like sometimes when you live a certain way and you've been exposed to certain things, there are certain moments that unless you have an aha moment, you can't act any differently in that moment. Yeah. So for his history and his life... That was the right thing. I'm going to tell you to confess right now so we can go home. And there, in that moment, he could have done nothing else. Yeah. That was the best he It's knew. like really, you know, in those type of neighborhoods, it's like, you're right, you're still wrong. Yeah. You're yeah. wrong, and the, you're wrong. Like, you're just never right. Yeah. And up there on the stand, she made the point that we just made, right, in the last show where we said, you know what the truth is. You know the reality of the situation. The police are not about to let you go after you have admitted to being a part of this heinous crime. But you say it anyway because that's what they tell you. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't logic that prevailed. It was yeah. total emotion. Throwing yeah. chairs. And why would you admit that you threw a but, chair? Well, like, it, he's not thinking. Of, uh, once again, he doesn't have his thinking cap on. He's ruling with emotion. And it's spiraling out of control and it's to the detriment of his kid and and I'll say this there's that element of of course but it's again the money because what you would have done Mm. because you want the father up there because he's the one that told the kid to lie so you want to get that information out but with the money you would have prepped this guy you would have have had a a fake jury and you would have Mm -hmm. and when he did that you would say okay no you can't do that don't say this say that that is a very good point because I would think if the lawyer 
wanted him to go up there, like you said, he would have prepped him. No, no, no. I'm sure the lawyer wanted him to go up there. I'm saying the prep, that's money. To, 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 to get a, to get a well, 12 I mean, random people. Well, lawyer. It's not like he's like, oh, I'm your lawyer, but you have to pay me more if you want me to prep me. If you want me to prep you. Yeah, I don't think that's why go into the amount of energy they put into the case. If they're not getting, they're not going to put that. That's true. Yes, it is. They only do what they're lawyer would be like, oh, I'm going to represent you, but I'm not going to prep you because you're not paying me enough. They don't even say it that They just don't say they just don't do it. Girl, it is. That's how it works. Lex, that's just really how it works. Money talks. Wait, but no, I'll say it this way. It's not that the lawyer won't do it. The lawyer is not going to pay out of his pocket. for To um, to get 12 people to come in, you have to pay people, random people, to sit there for the day, to have lunch, and you you do a trial, and you you actually make that person go through what would have been if they're on the stand. So when they get to the stand, they're already ready. What I mean is he should have sat down with him and the dad and just did it with him. Yeah. Maybe he did, yeah. but maybe that wasn't that length. Like. Oh, yeah. Maybe he did it in take, or maybe he had 10 other cases. Or that maybe we... he did it minimally, but not yeah. like a full length. Listen, we're yeah. going to be here for the next two hours. I'm going to tell you how the grill is going to go down. Because these lawyers are, I'm sure, all of other cases. Yeah. And, you know. yeah. and, and on, but honestly, I believe this was a huge case. Yeah. yeah. Like like they said, the Supreme Court was on this yeah. case. I, I truly don't believe you're a, a lawyer on this humongous national case and you don't do absolutely everything in your no, power no, you do, to make sure that everything is prepared. Money or not. I mean, he well, had to have had the money to represent no, them. No, but then there's the or Let's not. See. There's the or not. Right? What? <laughs> if you have a million dollars to pay for a defense team versus $10,000. It's going to be, but that's what the money is for. That's why people get off. We can agree with, to disagree. Girl, what? But that's not, a, this, it's not it's, an opinion. It's, it's it's money, a think about it. If I'm your lawyer and I know, okay, I'm your lawyer and your lawyer. You're paying me $10,000. you are paying me $50,000. I'm putting way more energy and time as a person that's paying me more. You're only not paying me that much, so I'm not going out my way I too think much. That's true, but not in a case where you're representing this on this a is great national scale. No, 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 okay. no, I, no, I, no. I agree with you. If you're well, if you're doing it on a grand scale, you're mm-hmm. trying to get as many resources as possible. Yeah. But your resources may be limited versus someone who's got money to get. Like this is something resources. that Donald Trump. Put his hat in. Said Donald there needs Trump to be a death 85 penalty, grand. 85 parents, grand. But the parents don't I, have 85 grand. For they, this is an underserved, underrepresented. These are different neighborhoods, girl. They, no. They ain't got it. They don't agree, but we can agree to disagree. But, but what, what I will say, there, there have been several studies that show that your the amount of money spent on defense leads to certain outcomes and it's correlated to oh, how I much agree. so if you have a limited amount of money you're certainly but, not going to be able to get well, the well one we don't know if they have a limited amount of money because yes, they one, do no, 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 no. because they, they, have, they have their church a black church have have they have, they have, no Wait, do, y'all, they, do y'all really think <laughs> that there was this huge national case about five black boys and people like the NAACP didn't step in you had all they this they did it's 1989 Nobody knows for sure. Okay. Yeah, we can just look that up. We can't find out for sure. Yeah, so funds are limited. But, you know. No, but see, we're just, I think we're just arguing like fact as opposed to feeling. You know what I mean? I I, I understand where you're coming from, and I feel like that should have been the case as well. But the facts of the matter are, just as he said, money correlates to success nine times out of ten. So I don't, I think that maybe they had some, we don't know. Okay, I won't even try to, you know, shine a light on something that I'm not knowledgeable about. But I will say that I do know for sure. That if you have the more money you have, like with anything else, the easier it is. Oh, for I'm you not to- disagreeing on that. Yeah. yeah. So okay. So when let's getting back to the trial. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also had some really troubling instances of was it 
Santana's lawyer, Raymond Santana's lawyer, Mr. Mm-hmm. Rivera, his representation was very politically motivated. Oh, totally. What, what did you think, AJ, of uh, his representation of uh, Raymond? Um, well, I just feel like his representation, I feel like all the boys could have been represented a little bit better. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it at that because I just feel like. I mean, he was Peter Rivera. He I like was that Peter Rivera had a kind of aha moment, though, because yeah. he's been disappointing us up until this point. So he was a joke for the most part. He doesn't ask any questions. I mean, he yeah. just states facts and goes, no more questions, and then walks away. I'm like, what? That's what, what, what is that? Yeah. So the fact that he had an aha moment before he left, oh, let me ask you one more thing. And it was so important, yeah. that that particular question, in order for it to you know shed some light on the, the boy's defense, that I thought that was dope. Finally, yeah. <laughs> he said something of substance. Um, but yeah, he's pretty pathetic overall. Yeah, and, <sighs> and there were, and we did have that moment during the trial, or when they had that sort of meeting with all of all of them, and you hear the different yeah, voices. Yeah, I thought that was dope. And the different people involved. And you, you had one guy that wanted to take the plea deal right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, he didn't seem to really want to represent the group. He wanted to kind of be in there um, quickly. What do you guys think about how people tried to take advantage of these boys in the situation? Mm. How so? With these attorneys that only want to get the clout from the case rather than rather than actually helping these boys. Well, that's really up to the parents who they chose, and I think that it speaks great uh, volumes to again their socioeconomic um, place places. Like um, they're just not at a place where they can afford to necessarily get better lawyers. Than what, I think they got what they were able to get. You yeah. know what I mean? And they just did what they're able to do. I- taking advantage I think they saw an opportunity yes but I think it probably could have helped the boys more because if you are on a case of this grand scale yes scale you want to win because you want to look good it's not taking advantage it helps all of us because they get to win and then you get to look good so I don't know if it's necessarily taking advantage it's just seeing an opportunity to help that could also help you yeah that makes sense yeah, yeah. That, I mean, it's motivated by more than just a desire to help these kids out. And then, uh, how about the other one, though, that sat there and was just like, we should take the plea deal? The yeah, little so, short, <laughs> the short guy? But that wasn't Rivera. He's the lawyer of the. Oh, when he oh, said yeah. you that he the, we shouldn't use the race card or I, something. Right. Thank you. Yeah. I knew there was something else. Mm-hmm. I should have written it down exactly. When he was just like, I, uh, come on, let's leave race out of it. Like, mm-hmm. what part <laughs> of the game is that? Do you not? But that speaks volumes yeah. to that white entitlement that we experience right now today. They have no clue. So it's not even like they are blatant racist. They yeah. just don't know. Yeah. They, and they don't care because if they did, they would take the time to learn yeah. and mm-hmm. be a part of the actual and, solution. And, and, In their minds, it has nothing to do with race. Yeah, and sometimes they do care, but again, it's like you cannot appreciate something until you've lived it. Mm-hmm. So you, you can care, but then you can kind of walk away from it. But if you care enough... if you're enough, black, you, you can't walk away from being but black. But think about black. anything that means something to you. If yeah. you care about the indigenous gorillas in the yeah. wild forest. You're going to take it upon yourself to go visit these sites that support yeah. that. You're going to donate money to it. You're going to make that an issue. Yeah. So I don't believe they care because it kind of goes back to what I was saying in the last show. I love the guy that I, well, I like the guy that I was talking to earlier today that spoke about my braids, but the fact that he didn't know because he doesn't want to know. I'm supposed to be his plug. You know what I mean? But do we all like donate to a cause, but then you kind of don't think about the cause, but you cared about it. You donate some money, but you don't think about it every day. You don't I'm not giving nobody money that <laughs> I'm not involved with. At the end of the day, I just feel like, unless it directly affects you, most people don't really care about it. Unless it directly affects you like you know why should I vote or, that doesn't mean it, or yeah, they you don't know get it. I'll mm-hmm. just go 
just to try to make the connection, like let's say with the LGBT community, mm-hmm. I could feel sorry, like oh that's so terrible, you that know, you blah blah blah. That y'all have to go through that, you know. I can say all of that, yeah. but then it's like you know, but maybe I could probably care eighty percent instead of a hundred percent. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah, like you definitely. can feel compassion, but for people to actually be proactive and actually go out there, that's like two totally oh, different yeah. cares. Because what I thought, and I, I think sometimes you can feel that you're hundred percent in, and then not realize, oh, right. that's what yeah. it's really like. Right. Are you willing to go out there and do the work for you yeah. know to fight for the fight mm-hmm. for people's rights? Because they asked, I saw they asked Joshua Jackson this question about playing playing the attorney mm-hmm. Mickey Joseph, and he said one of the things that he kind of learned was that you can't walk away from being black. Like it, 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 yeah, it, exactly. So it took him a while to get into the mindset of, wait, they have, we have to sit in this. They have to sit in this every mm-hmm. day. And even if things are going well, it's still a consideration in the back of your mind. Like right. It's always something. And so that for him was his aha moment. And so I, I wonder if people, hopefully we'll see other people having that aha moment. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, I, oh, sorry. Sorry. Can I rewind a little bit back mm-hmm. and talk about Tron's father and him disappearing and then reappearing? Mm-hmm. So, you know... Watching that scene, you know, once again, it took it back to slavery where they emasculated him, you know, and had him feeling like he wasn't mad enough for his family. So what does he do? He go disappear because now he's feeling all this guilt, shame, this hurt, disappointment. And so, like, that just leads us to the breakdown of the black family where the of man, where's the man at? And yeah. where, where is he at? And he's he's gone just because of the situation that happened to him mm-hmm. and how it affected his family. Yeah. Exactly. And it's a moment where he should be there for the family, but because mm-hmm. he was affected whatever many years before. Mm-hmm. So it, that he don't same, even know how to be because same. he was in the system as well. So right. it's like, dang, the same thing is happening to my son. That happened no. to Systemic me. racism, mm-hmm. in- institutionalized failures, and, all of that. And, and quite frankly, it almost feels if we didn't have social media and these different ways to share with each other and talk to each other we about it we would still be thing. oh not, yeah. and not even know that each other were and kind it would be of, yeah. cyclical because yeah. one begets yeah. the other begets exactly. the other begets the other yeah man well there are so many moments of course but let's get into our top three moments of this episode okay uh, i think you got us kitty well the, actually what i did was put together two three similar cases so oh, okay. cases that rang true for me that kind of spoke to just injustices people being let out of jail because they didn't do what they said they did, or because they what you know it, they made it hard. Top three real world, real, the world real cases, life cases, yeah. exactly. So Emmett Till, I went all the way back to Emmett Till because yeah. that's the one that we, as black people, we are made aware of it when we're children. Most of our families teach us that this is what happened, and this can happen to you. Maybe not in the same way, but Emmett Till is a huge example of how they've just being railroaded. He whistled yeah. at a woman, and before you know it, he's beaten and killed. And um, it's just a sad situation. It was obviously a lynching that wasn't justified. Um, Number two is Khalif Browder. I think it's, I watched that. I mean, talk about heavy. That was beyond anything. I mean, I'm a mother of a son of a black boy. So that hit home. It was horrible. Um, But for those of you that don't know, Jay-Z spearheaded this project. And Khalif Browder was locked up um, in in Rikers Island, along with grown men when he was a child. He was definitely under 18, um, being accused of having stolen somebody's backpack. It was Mm -hmm. never recovered. The person never came to test. They actually fled and went back to Mexico and it was a whole thing, but it was um, his um, documentary that was done was so well done. Unfortunately, it didn't turn out with a happy ending. He was released from jail eventually, but they had already done such a number on him. PST, 
PTSD and all kinds of depression and already had taken mm-hmm. hold. So he took his own life. Mm. Yeah, I think he may have even uh, been in solitary for a while. For mm-hmm. a while? Yeah, for no, a, he was in, to, yeah. in jail 100 days. 90 of those days was in solitary. Yeah. yeah, so he took his own life, unfortunately, and that just turned into, I mean, a huge... It was it was awesome of Jay Z to put it together, but obviously a sad point. And then the third one was recently Alice Marie Johnson. Obviously, we know her, about her through Kim Kardashian and her work working with the um, justice system and um, getting people vindicated for um, non-offensive crimes. She went to jail. I think it was 23, 25 years ago. She was a first-time offense, cocaine possession, nonviolent, nothing to do with um, any hurting anyone. So um, just to bring it back full circle, the fact that people, thank goodness, are getting involved in exonerating people and getting them freed when, in fact, there's nothing to support them being there in the first place. Yeah, And uh, thank you for that. That's some, some that great cases. That was very informative. Yeah. Thank you. And it actually brings us into mm-hmm. our news, mm-hmm. but it's going to give us a little bit of interesting color for the news because as you just came, off. Yeah. Using predictions. Let's there we it. go. Let there we go. go. Let's get that drop. Those guys. So. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Oh, go ahead. Hit the I just want to say, because you just said, you know, Kim Kardashian mm-hmm. got that pardon for Alice Marie Johnson. Of course, she got it from Donald Trump. So, yeah, oh, right. The of irony of that. So here's some, oh, and, yeah. and now he's touting his criminal justice reform, and so we got a little news to talk on that. Thank you. <laughs> what a segue. Nice yeah. segue, right? Nice little segue. He's like, wait a minute. All right, yes, no, news, guys. So your president, Donald Trump. <laughs> you ain't talking to me. So your president, president, Donald Trump, back um, when his case was going on, he had took a four-page ad, which he spent $85,000 on, in New York's most popular paper calling the, for the death penalty for the boys known as the Central Park Five, which is the boys mm. we are talking about. So the ad is right there. He says basically bring back the death penalty, bring back our police, and he has signed it at the bottom. So that is actually from Donald Trump himself. What is he saying these he days? He said, oh, so in um, that in he said in that um, ad, he said, I want to hate these murderers, and I always will. I am not looking to psychoanalyze or understand them. I am looking to punish them. I no longer want to understand their anger. I want them to understand our anger. I want them to be afraid. That's quoted from Donald Trump. It mm. speaks volumes. I, what yeah. we just said, you stand on your one side, you dig your heels in. He said it out of his uh, verbatim. I don't want to understand them. I don't want to break them down. I don't care. They just need to understand how we feel. Yeah. It's all about us and he, how what we're suffering. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's always been good at seeing an opportunity in the public oh, and yeah. using that to kind of mm-hmm. light a powder keg. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that he's a pathological... Um, What's it called when well, liar? Yes. What's it called when you are all about yourself? Thank you. Well, he's the biggest narcissist alive. So of course it's all about him and what he sees should be the right way to do yes. things. And you know, just recently, two days ago, he had tweeted something. I was about to ask you two days ago. Reference to this. So he said, you know, anyone associated with the 1994 crime bill would not have a chance of being elected. In particular, African Americans will not be able to vote for you. I, on the other hand, was responsible for the criminal justice reform, which had tremendous support and helped fix the bad 1994 bill. He also tweeted that. Super predator was the term associated with the 1994 crime bill that Sleepy Joe Biden, Joe Biden basically, he called <laughs> yeah, him Sleepy. Of course he did. Sleepy Joe Biden was so heavily, heavily involved in passing. That was a dark period in American history. But has Sleepy Joe apologized? No. 
He always Listen. takes issue uh, with everybody but himself. Why are we? T- I don't. The, the, the irony. Well, I, uh, just the irony of touting criminal justice exactly. reform when you took out an ad trying to kill these children. But he'll never speak that, to that. He'll yeah. never take make amends. He'll never say sorry. Oh, it's so frustrating. He is such a weird human being. Teenagers. And, you know, just the fact that what he said, he said, I'm not looking to understand them. Right. Yeah. Or psychoanalyze them. You know, I just want I them think, to understand us and And, you me. know, that's the issue, you know, with, uh, I would say, police enforcement. They, in these communities, you go in and try to police communities you know nothing about. Exactly. You don't try to get to know the people in the community. You don't try to understand them. All you see is what doesn't look right to you. And you feel like, oh, this is wrong. Let me go interrupt this. But they're they're not doing nothing wrong. And I'm tired of black people feeling like they have to police themselves around our white counterparts. It is really sad, yeah. but that is the that's the society we live loud. in. Don't be too loud. Sit down. Right. Don't do that. Don't run around. You gotta no. Like why? We can't speak yeah. loudly. We can't put have hot sauce in our bags. That's just too <laughs> much. No, you can't, even can't go be swagged out. Can't right. Go to church and pray. You might uh, get shot up uh, there. Yeah. Father God. Um, unless it's election time and they're trying to get black. Exactly. Then, 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 then it's the no better yeah. off. <laughs> oh <laughs> man. Um, but I do love that this is just bringing up so many great conversations for us. Uh, another great segment that we have that we need is our three our, is our positive moment segment so i want us to kind of all go around and say what we took positively from this guy i know it's hard so i don't know, gotta reach and dig deep but were there any moments that you were like well that's still a bright moment um i think my moment was when um was definitely seeing the boys bonding, not so much bonding, mm-hmm. but kind of being a support to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, like when Tron and Yusuf were talking, and one of them was feeling very discouraged, like they were going to lose, and, and Tron saying to him, "No, if you say we're going to lose, we are going to lose. Like you need to have in your mind that we're going to win." And mm-hmm. I just really love seeing them really support each other in a really, really down moment in their lives. That's true. I agree, and that was so humanizing, right? Ava does such an amazing job with this project, and I love the fact that she. Um, make sure that she fleshes out all of the characters and gives us some background in terms of who they are as human beings. So even in the face of life in prison, you're still cracking jokes and trying to uplift the man next to you. I thought that was dope. So for me, the most positive moment probably was... um, I mean, it was false, and I knew it was false when I saw it, but it still made me cling to hope whenever they were able. When he had that aha moment, when the prosecution turned, I mean, the defense lawyer turned around and was just like, wait, 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 the sock? You know what I mean? It was like, oh, he got it. It's going to be okay. No, and it's not, but it still made me grasp. So those little pieces of hope that I was able to grasp, I felt good about that in the moment. Um, My favorite part was when it was out protesting, and they said, they are not animals. They are not thugs. These are our boys, That's our right, black our boys, and we must protect them. That, that was a reminder. We do we do have to protect our black boys exactly. because who else is going to protect them if we don't? Not the police. Yeah, that, yeah, that was and that was also my favorite oh, moment. Sorry. Was no no no, 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 it was actually a different moment because we did have some moments of the public support, mm-hmm. and it was one day I think they got out and there were some signs that said "Protect Black Youth" yeah. and "No Justice, No Peace." And, you know, I, I thought, what a beautiful moment, because I feel like we're doing that now. But, but the fact that we have to still, still do, do it. it. But I feel like we're uh, I, I feel like we're doing it in such a better way. Mm-hmm. We, we have the Twitter. We have these moments we have that we can put out and immediately be, be seen and talk to one another. And so it, it was poignant for me to watch it and be like, man, the movement was just beginning. It feels like it was just 
to a point where now we can kind of police everyone and say, wait a minute, we know that's wrong, that's wrong, whether it's that little small state or that small mm-hmm. state. You tweeted what happened here, we got this video here. And the body cam, yeah. that's a little everything, better. Everything, yeah. All The combination of those things make for a better situation. Yeah. But we still Where's have so long to go. Oh, we got course. so far to of go. Course. And, and that's, the, uh, that's what really scares me when white folks are just like, what do you mean? We had a black president. We've come, this is amazing. Life is great. <laughs> like, I'm just always amazed at white people that feel like, Racism is quote unquote over, so, or so, that we shouldn't be offended, or just and goes people in, in general. <laughs> yeah, some people that's not, but some everybody's not racist. No, but some people, not. no, you know, everybody's not. They're not racist, but they say comments that's just like, did you think about what you just said what, before you? So said? You but that is con- racist. It's just not blatant. So you found it confusing when Donald Trump in 1989 or 1990 said he'd rather be a well-educated black. <laughs> you know, I mean, First of that all, that was one of the he, most. Jo- I didn't know uh, he had said that. At the yeah. that was really jarring. He's I was a like, piece oh. of work. I mean, I, come on. You know, we could talk forever about geez. that man. And well, oh, yeah. real, real quick. So one of the quotes that they said in the show. One of the mothers, she said, can't they do that? And that just stuck with me because they can't do that. But it's like, you but can't, they do, but they do. And you can't say anything. You can't do anything about it. So and, it's we like, don't, and, and we don't know what they can do at times. Yeah. So it's like, unless we are educated ourselves. Right. Really edu- we don't know what they're capable yeah. of. So the fact that you ask that when you ask that question, they've already done it. Right. Mm-hmm. Can they do that? Oh, well, it doesn't matter. They've already done it. And yeah. now you have to deal with the repercussions of it. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's 1989. Yeah. Like, I'm watching that, and I'm like, how? Even with the judge. They didn't even do the proper procedure with assigning the judge. Yes. And so, and exactly. There was no... They didn't, they was didn't no spin it. Spin they just nothing. handed it to him. So, again, that just goes to feelings of helplessness. Yes. What do you do? Yeah. And the fact that with all of this, 1989 really isn't that long ago. Like, that was only a few years before... 29 years? Yeah. Yeah. Before I was born. So, it's like, wow. Like... It, I imagine it's like in the 50s and the 60s, but 89, like, friends of mine were just being born that year? Like, what? But you would think, for me, what's remarkable is that it feels like nothing's changed, but for the fact that we know about this a little bit quicker. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. (laughs) So, like, we would have, more people would have been out there at the courthouse steps, but it almost felt like I could have been watching this, you know. Yesterday. Yesterday, exactly. And so that was really troubling. But we got a few seconds for predictions. Let's just go around. Let's do them real quick. And then we'll rock out of here and get into episode three. TV predictions. Well, have to go. TV um, my predictions is I just want to see them get vindicated. Oh, 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 you mean the very oh? Oh, I'm talking about the end. Yeah, sorry, I just, this show, your show is so heavy and emotional. I just can't take it. Like my, heart. I was just, just thinking like, the same I just thing. I want to see them get off. Right, I'm ready to get to the fourth show. I wish we didn't even have to watch the third one because you know it's more so going to be more angst and more emotional, like angst and and nice. just uh, so damn heavy. So yeah, I wish we could just fast forward to the fourth show where we see that they're actually exonerated and everybody is clapping for the fact that they're home and. Yeah, that they didn't have to. I was about to say didn't have to go through turmoil. Obviously, they did, but you know what I mean. I want to yeah. see the happy part. Yeah. You know, aside from it just being, you know, a good history lesson and something to really reflect on, my favorite thing about this whole series has just been the art of the storytelling that Ava mm. has been using with her directing. Mm. Like, my favorite part so far has been the very end with the last few shots of them hearing the guilty verdict and showing their tears and then showing um, him playing the, the trumpet, trumpet with the in the middle of the street. I mean, just beautiful in- imagery, imagery and cinematography. Mm-hmm. So my prediction is that we're just going to continue to see that beautiful art portrayed, yeah. turning something that is so negative into something that can be portrayed 
portrayed in a beautiful way. Yeah, what was crazy yeah, about yeah. that image is I wanted to cry when I saw that. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want to cry during the guilty verdict, but when I saw him, something about him playing that trumpet yeah. in the middle of the street, like because you know it was his wedding handcuff on his a arm, dream a dream deferred. This his youth has been snatched from him. Yeah, yeah. He, it's no longer he's no he'll never he regain never that. Be the same. Yeah. Never be the same. So you can see yeah. that image, and it says so much. But, yeah, um, and I know they got a settlement, but yeah. you know it's no amount of money that can make up for twenty five years. Yeah. Right. And jail, especially when you went when you were that's a your teenager. entire life. You snatched their entire lives from them. They'll never. Well, I shouldn't that's, say they'll never marry, but you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm just thinking yeah. like being it's older. They, their prime has been taken from them. It, 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 yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it, it's. I'm thinking about wanting to see them free, but I'm yeah. also thinking that moment is going to be sad because they're going to be different actors, different. Ca- they're going to be so much older. Right. You're going to be like you're going to mm. see that their life has been taken. But, wow, it's heavy. Let's take care of ourselves. Yeah. Uh, we've got some more Self-care. episodes to go. I tell you guys, it's a tough one. Ooh, yes. But, uh, but we'll make it through. We will make it through. I want to thank you guys for joining us. My name is Shaka Smith. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Shaka Strong. Guys, I'm AJ. Follow me on Instagram at Crimson Pearl. And check out my YouTube channel, AJ Talks. My name is Kitty Kaboom. You can find me on IG at Kitty Kaboom. And on Facebook at Kitty Kali. And on Twitter at Kitty Meow. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at I am Lexi Fierce. See you guys, episode three. Bye. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 